Again, all morning long, we're talking about caregiving. Remember to access our comprehensive list of resources for caregivers. All you have to do is visit our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now, like us there now, and access that resource guide as well on caregiving. We continue our conversation about caregiving with three women who are living the caregiving experience. Tracy is caregiving for her husband. Anita is caregiving for her aging parents. And Elyria is the primary caregiver for her daughter. It's our pleasure to welcome Tracy, Anita, and Elyria to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good. Doing great. Very well. Thank you. All right. So... You all have different caregiving experiences, and I want to talk about those. Let's talk about what led you to become a caregiver in your unique story. Each one of you have your own story. Um, let's start with Anita. Six years ago, my mom called me and said that my she thought my dad had dementia and that she needed help. At that time, she lived in Cleveland, and my husband and I, with our three kids, lived down here in Cincinnati. So we decided... Um, to bring them down here to help care for my dad. Okay, so your dad had signs of dementia. What about your mom? She didn't have dementia, but um, right now my parents are 91 and 94. So six years ago, she was you know, an elderly wife. They'd been married 69 years. And physically and mentally, it would have been a great struggle for her to care for him by herself. Okay. Elyria, um, what led to your caregiving experience? Because your daughter probably was born into this, right? Is yeah. that right? So yeah. from the beginning, from Jump Street being a mom, your caregiver instantly. Yeah. But some might argue that's what moms do, right? Right. But it's a little different. Tell me about your story. Well, she, w- she had CDH, it's a congenital diaphragmatic hernia. So the only hospital that specializes in that is Cincinnati Children's and Riley's Hospital in Indianapolis. But I chose to come here because they have the best hospital, I think. Um, So she had to get surgery as soon as she was born. And from there, she was in the hospital for two years. She got a, a day before her birthday last year. And her birthday, her one year home anniversary will be this year. Um, So I had to take Well, I did my training at the hospital, and then when she was discharged from the hospital, I've been her caregiver ever since. And it's just really a a work in progress every day. It's a new challenge, but it gets easier as she gets older. Okay, and how old is she now? She'll be three on the 24th of this month. Okay, good, good. Look at that. And so we must say that today is your birthday, so happy birthday (laughs) to you, you. And thanks for spending it. This morning with us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, And thank you for sharing your story. Um, So did you live in Cincinnati? Sounds like you moved. Yeah, I moved from Evansville, Indiana. Um, It's like a three hour drive. So it's not really that bad. But um, I moved here in 2016 before I had her. Okay, good. And so had you had any warning before during your pregnancy did you know that you know your daughter would be born with this condition what did you know before birth at the um doctor's office like when they did the ultrasound that's when they noticed that something was wrong so they sent me to another hospital for them to do another ultrasound again and then that's when we got the results from them saying that she has cdh and that will need to relocate because they don't have like any doctors to um, 
care for that condition. Okay, good. All right, Tracy, your story. Um, how did you become a caregiver? Very unexpected, right? Sure, sure. It was a life-changing event. Um, my husband, at the age of 48, um, three and a half years ago, suffered a massive stroke. And um, from there, we, um, my two daughters and myself just took on the role of taking him from where he was to where he is now. Okay, good. So, Anita, you decided to move both of your parents into your home, not just one, but both of your parents into your home. What impact do you believe that's had on your children, your family as a whole, your husband? Because he was part of the decision as well. What impact do you believe this caregiving experience has had on your children, your husband? It has been extremely positive. Um, my husband and I are both nurses, so it comes naturally to us. Okay. Um, I strongly believe it was a very positive impact on my children. Um, they were all in high school, and it's been really amazing to see many of their high school and college projects have revolved around family and my parents, um, family history. So it's been a very positive. Okay. Are they really close to your parents? It's hard not to be. (laughs) (laughs) You're Um, under one roof, right? No, but honestly, um, (laughs) honestly, yes, they were very close to them prior to them moving. Okay, good. That's, that's really good. All right. So Illyria, we talked about this earlier. You've been caregiving for your child since birth. Does that feel like caregiving or simply something that parents do to take care of their child? And do you have any other children? No, she is my only child. Um, And it just feels like parenting is just what I have to do. So if that's part of my job is being a parent, then that's what I have to do. Okay. So that just, it's, it just seems like, you know, that's just a part of parenting, which it's, yeah, it's just in the routine now. Yeah. yeah, It's in the routine. Okay. (laughs) So, Tracy, as a caregiver, a majority of the decisions that would normally be shared between you and your husband now fall on you. How stressful is that? And was that a huge adjustment for you? Sure, sure. Um, so we had a very traditional type of marriage, um, kind of 1950-ish, if you will, where my husband took care of all the finances and um, the house and the maintenance and cars and whatnot, uh, the yard. And I did the girls. So, you know, we have the two daughters. One was 12, one was 14 at the time. And um, I did everything for them in terms of schooling and taking care of the grocery shopping and the, you know, traditional mom, if you will, needs. So, yes, when this happened to my husband, um, I didn't know how to balance a checkbook. Uh, I didn't know how to pay bills. Um, Thank goodness I knew where to access our um, passwords to all of our accounts, but that was the extent of it. So um, with his stroke and every stroke, no two strokes are alike, and every stroke comes with their own set of deficits, uh, we are very blessed that his cognitive levels are intact, but they, um, we weren't able to access his cognitive levels at first mm-hmm. and for a long time um, because of all the other deficits that he had. Um, so sure, you Overnight, you start wearing many different hats all of a sudden, and um, those deficits or those um, new hats included 
making all the decisions. So suddenly I was mom, dad, wife, caregiver, financial planner, gardener, toilet fixer, er everything under the sun. Um, I basically had to learn on my own. Um, and had a, I did have a lot of support from our church and family and friends, um, families all on the West Coast. So they came and stayed for a little bit with us. Um, but now uh, my husband is definitely more of a partner um, in the decision making, um, especially as we send one off to college and get ready to send the other one off in a couple of years. Uh, okay. He definitely has more of a role. Okay, good. And you touched on something that I think is really important. My dad had Alzheimer's. And, and so I know that that portion of it. But what when you become a caregiver, not that I was the direct caregiver of my dad, but I think you find out very quickly who your friends are and who your friends are not, who's going to support you. And you're surprised about at some of the people that do stand up. What was that like for you when you guys took on the role as the primary caregiver for your loved one? Yes, I really think it takes a village and having like a lot of support is important um, like emotionally and physically and mentally. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you really notice like who will be there for you in the hardest times. So that really shows. Okay. Ladies. I think it's difficult also to, um, go from the role of always being the one who would give help to others to suddenly having to be the one to open your heart and receive and that's a, it's a big transition. Um, and I do, I agree with what Elyria said that, um, really you do need that support. Um, thank goodness in this area, we have a lot of different stroke support groups and, um, they were kind of my lifeline. Okay. Yes. Um, basically our friends took on my parents as their own parents. Um, but if ever, like, like I said, when my mom was in the hospital for a month or, when she fell and broke her hip, our friends always were offering, you know, what can we do to help? And if I called one and said, can you help? They were there immediately. Okay. All right. Good. That's very good to know. That's awesome that you guys have um, strong support systems like that. In case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. More information about the show, more information about our guests, and more information about caregiving can be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Head there now and like us there now. You can also listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. In the studio this morning, we're talking about caregiving. We're talking to Tracy. Tracy is the caregiver for her husband. Anita is caregiving for her aging parents. And Elyria is caring for her daughter, her young daughter, which I believe you said is three. She's three years old, right? Yeah, she'll be three in a couple weeks. All right, there you go. So let me ask you this. Now, I would imagine that everyday tasks become stressful now because you're, you have this role as caregiver because you have all these caregiving things that you need to do. Then the kids still need to eat lunch. They need, still need to eat dinner. You still need to get people to the doctor's appointments. How stressful is that part of caregiving? Is that stressful at all, ladies? Yes, it gets stressful. Okay, Lyria. Um, it's very important to know how to manage your stress because you also have to remember to take care of yourself too. So it gets stressful at times, but I think like knowing what you can tolerate, knowing how to manage your stress and manage your time, that will also help you out too. Is that something you had to master? Is that something that you had to learn? Yeah, because when... My daughter first came home. She was on a lot of medication, 
and then she does tube feeding, so I have to administer her medications and her feedings at certain times. So a lot of time I was caring for her, and I had to remember that I had to take care of myself too. Okay, good, good. Ladies, what about you? Um, stresses, household stresses, stresses of taking care of, of the loved one, all combined, how does that come together? Anita, I see you shaking your head. Well, I work full-time, so it's um, very uh, – and I'm a caregiver at work because I'm a nurse. So I tend to – when I come home from work, I have to go and exercise. And if I don't, then I, I can feel the stress. Um, and it's not always possible. Like, again, if there's an event, if one of my parents has ended up you know, falling or in the hospital – and there's an acute episode, my stress definitely ramps up. Um, so people say, how are you doing? And I'll say, well, today we're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, tomorrow could be a totally different day, but today we're fine. Um, so, yeah, you really have to, like she said, you you have to balance it, and it's difficult. Okay. Tracy, meals, lunch, dinner, the laundry, doctor's appointments, all that, plus taking care of your husband. Stressful? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it is. Um, but like the other two ladies here have shared, um, it is a matter of balancing. It's a matter of reaching out to those that you know are there to help and support. Okay. So, you know, one thing that I, I often um, think about with caregivers that I think many people don't even think about is how physical it is. Because you have a, a mom, a dad, you have to lift them up, a daughter. She's only three right now, but, you know, looking to... 10 and growing and things like that you guys have to pump some iron or something because i mean you're lifting and things like that let's talk about the physical toll caregiving takes on you and your body anita again is shaking her head she's all in agreement right yes i absolutely um i'm small and one time my dad fell on the floor and i had to you know call my neighbor to come and and help pick him up because i couldn't do it so yes that is definitely something um, to be thought about. Um, when my mom broke her ribs, we had to rent a hospital bed so that the bed could be raised up and down. Um, you you have to be cognizant of that or else you'll hurt yourself. And if you hurt yourself, then you're not good to anybody. Okay. Yeah, I think that um, in our situation, we were very, we were very lucky coming out of our um, inpatient rehab hospital. And um, we had to be certified in order to bring my husband home. Um, that went through a series of everything from taking care of him medically to safely moving him in the house. So, you know, it's a matter of hospital beds, Hoyer lifts. Um, now, fortunately, we have moved past all of that, but it is still hauling his wheelchair in and out of the car mm-hmm. and helping to support him as he walks and whatnot. So there is a substantial physical toll. Um, and that is, again, kind of where that caregiver care piece comes in where you do need to um, take care of yourself and know that if your back goes out you're not going to be good for anybody good hilaria i agree the physical part is does get difficult sometimes Um, that's why i think it's very important to make sure that you're taking care of yourself too when my daughter was discharged she was um she wasn't walking yet so i did all the carrying Mm -hmm. um but she went home on the ventilator and oxygen as well. So I was carrying her the ventilator, the oxygen, and she also has like three other pieces of equipment that goes with her too. So I move all of that into the car and out of the car 
along with her wheelchair. So definitely have to be fit. I found myself sweating a lot of the time. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting a workout, right? Yeah, definitely. All right, good. Let's talk about guilt. This is another area that I think caregivers deal with about, you know, guilt about I can't make every doctor's appointment. You know, maybe husband or someone else has to take them to the doctor or friend or relatives. But then you're left with the guilt. I couldn't be there. Let's talk about caregiving and having a sense of guilt for whatever reason and whether founded, unfounded or whatever. But it is a reality. Let's talk about that. I feel guilty if I'm not Anita. Yes, if I'm not entertaining my parents. So, you know, my husband and I, our children have You mean have, a little show and dance or what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's you know, it's Friday night, okay. They, you know, should go to the movie with us or okay, we see. should stay home and play cards or, you know, here are my husband and I, our kids are grown and hey it's you know <laughs> time for us but yet i feel guilty if we don't take them with us to dinner okay um, even though my mom would say oh please don't worry about it mm-hmm. it's a guilt that's probably ridiculous on my part but sure yeah. sure All right. so, yeah as a caregiver what are some of your biggest fears as a caregiver it's an easy one for me. <laughs> what happens if something happens to me? <clears throat> what happens then to my husband? What happens to our two young daughters? Um, so that's a, a constant concern. Anita? I don't really have fear because, you know, your your parents' age, that's a normal part mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. life. So I, I don't really have any okay. fears. Elyria? Um, I don't really have any either, but I do agree, like, if anything happens to me because – I feel like I know my daughter the best. So if anything happens to me, then I don't know. Yeah, I hear that a lot in different communities. Um, People with chronically ill children and things like that. Parents who have children with autism and things like that. I hear that a lot. Um, Let's talk about emotional support. I think you guys touched on this, but let's talk about that. I mean, you talked about that, Elyria, how important that is. But emotionally, you know, from the from day one for you, Tracy, um, getting the call and things like that and the emotional support. Who do you lean on? Who you turn to? Who's there for you? Sure. So for us, um, it's really power of prayer and having a deep faith in God. So for me, emotionally, that's what really gets us through from day to day, plus um, really practice, trying to practice gratitude. I think those two components uh, really keep us in the right frame of mind. All right. Anita, who do you turn to for emotional support? Uh, I lean on my husband <laughs> a lot <laughs> because he obviously is part of this team that's caring for my parents. You know, the two of us do it together. And my children now. They're old enough. They're adults. So I lean on them, too. Okay. And friends. All right. Elyria? Well, I got my emotional support from my daughter's father and also family members that would reach out to me, even though I, we don't live in the same state. And prayers definitely helps, too, because the emotional part of it is very important. So I would just reach out to, like, my sister if I needed to vent or get something out off my chest or just to release some of the emotions built up because it's an emotional roller coaster. 
Okay. So we talk about these emotions. And again, in case you're just tuning in this morning, all morning long, we're talking about the caregiving experience. We're talking to three women who are currently caregivers. For more information, you can always go to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. We're talking to Tracy, Anita, and Illyria. Now, let's talk about this. Now, we talked about the emotional side of things, but let's talk about respite. You know, who provides respite, what that looks like, and what do you do when you do Anita want to get out and go to the movies without guilt and things like that. What do you do? What's relaxing for you? Who do you get to provide respite for you? If we do go out of town, um, I'm able to take my parents to my sister's home in Cleveland, and she will um, have them stay with her for a week at a time or two. Okay. And so what does fun, not necessarily a vacation, but what does respite, how do you get away from all of it? The stress, the emotions and things like that. And Illyria talked about making time for herself, but things like that. What does that look like for you? Going out for a walk where I don't have to talk to anybody (laughs) (laughs) because it's very hard to live with, you know, two parents, a husband, a, a son and yourself in one small home. So if I can get out and be by myself and Nobody has to talk to me. It's a good thing. Oh, that's kind of funny because I think the last time I went walking, I encountered people and just talked to them the whole time. <laughs> so maybe- I would have to look away from you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I put my Ooh, headphones okay. on and so go. So now I have to be really cautious. Like, you know, I'm not talking to you. This is your respite time. Okay. All right. All right. Tracy, for you, um, uh, respite. And what do you do to escape it all? Okay. So um, I am really lucky that I can leave Michael for a couple of hours a day by himself. And during that time, that is what I consider my respite. And I serve hot lunch at elementary over in Wyoming. And that's my break from the rigors of the minute I get home, we start running. It's physical therapy, uh, speech, PT, OT, doctor's appointments, um, just different rec opportunities for him. So it really does become um, centered around my husband when I'm not at work. And I want to ask you the same question, Illyria, but I want to add the fact that you're so young. Mm -hmm. So what do you do for respite and what do you do for fun to escape it all? I think just getting out the house in general is my respite. Just kind of getting away from being a caregiver for a little bit, even if it's just going to the grocery store, going to work. That's enough for me just to take my mind off of those things. And, um, My daughter is, well, I was fortunate enough to find nurses that can care for my daughter, like, while I'm at work or if I have to go anywhere in the evenings. So I was able to find two nurses. And I do want to mention that part was the hardest process, finding a nurse. I went through Indeed because you can post your own jobs there and found my nurses that way. So that helps out a lot, and I'm able to get out of the house more. Now, let's talk about agencies, organizations, programs that you have personally turned to during your caregiving experience that's really been helpful for you. Um, I have several. One is... Um, this is Anita. Anita. Yeah, my dad goes to adult daycare Monday through Friday, and the he goes to Active Day of Cincinnati. It's in Bond Hill, and the Medicare transport picks him up and brings him home, and that has saved us because that way my mom can get out during the day and do what she would like to do. 
um, and I can go to work, my husband can go to work, and my dad is very well cared for there. Another organization is Go Go Grandparent, and they use the Lyft or Uber services. And so my mom, who does not drive anymore, uses Go Go Grandparent. You don't need a cell phone or an app on your phone. And then they pick her up and take her to the grocery store, you know, wherever she'd like to go. The Council on Aging, we use the Elderly Services Program to help um, pay for the active day service. And also the Veterans Administration pays for that also. Okay. All right. Tracy, organizations that you've turned to that have been helpful for you with your husband um, with his stroke and the organizations that you've turned to. Sure, sure. I'm on the American Heart Association website on a pretty regular basis, just looking for new information. Um, it's There's a great search menu on there, um, just a multitude of different um, formats um, that provide information about <clears throat> stroke. Uh, the other one is really our st- local stroke support group here. The one that we attend is the one based out of Drake Hospital. You know, the thing with stroke is that No person has to walk the path alone because somebody has definitely navigated it for you. Um, So it's just a matter of really talking to people and uh, reaching out. Um, Plus, there's several um, Facebook pages geared to stroke as well. So you can always post a question out there and somebody always uh, seems to respond with positive answers. Okay. Elyria, organizations that you've turned to to help you with your daughter, to help you get through the emotional times and things like that? Well, the children's home care therapists, they've helped out a lot. She gets occupational, physical, and speech therapy. So them being able to come to our home to do the therapy, that helped out a lot because it has helped her progress. And like Tracy said, Um, The Facebook pages where you can see other stories or post your stories, that helps too for the emotional part. And then also there were a couple other organizations, I can't think of the name right now, but they donated things and provided like furniture or anything that we may need it for when she comes home. And again, in case you're just tuning in all morning long, we're talking about the caregiving experience We're joined by three women who are currently caregivers. Tracy is a caregiver for her husband who had a stroke three years ago. Anita is caregiving for her aging parents who are both in their 90s. We're also speaking to Elyria. Elyria is the primary caregiver for her daughter. For more information on caregiving, reach out to us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. Also on our Facebook page, you'll find a comprehensive resource guide on caregiving, complete with agencies and web links. Now, let me ask you, ladies, this. What advice would you offer to other caregivers, others that are going down the road that you have already been on? And let's start with Tracy. What advice would you have for other caregivers that might have a husband that has suffered a stroke or a loved one that suffered a stroke? What advice would you have for them, Tracy? Probably just to acknowledge that they're going to be wearing many hats and you need to take a deep breath sometimes and um, give yourself time. And before you make any drastic changes, either maybe home modifications or financial changes um, that you just give yourself a little bit of time because where your loved one is at this point may not be where they're going to be in a few months or 
um, years actually down the road. Um, so just not to be too quick to make any decisions. All right. And Elyria, likewise, what advice would you give to other parents who might have a child that's born with several medical conditions and they find themselves the primary caregiver for their child? What advice would you give to them? I would tell them um, to manage their stress, take care of of themselves. Um, It will be difficult in the beginning. It will be a lot of challenges, but you're able to get through it if you do what you have to do and you have the emotional support from people and just taking care of your child or any loved one, then you can get through it. Okay. Anita. I would say to pace yourself so that you're not always running like you're running a marathon. Okay. So let me ask you guys this. So I don't think a lot of people know what goes into caregiving. That's why one of the reasons that I'm doing this show when you had your daughter, when your husband had a stroke, when you invited your parents to live with you, did you know for a fact that you could do this? You could be the caregiver? No. Okay, Elyria. Okay, go ahead. It's um, Well, you never really know what to expect because things change day by day. You just really find out when you're actually caring for that person. So initially you didn't feel like, I got this, I can do this? No, I really didn't know what to expect, so... Okay. I was just, I just prayed that I had the strength to do it. <laughs> okay. Tracy, did you, at the beginning, way back in the beginning, six years ago or three years ago, three, I'm sorry, three years ago, six years for you, Anita, I'm sorry, three years, did you feel like, I got this, I can do this? Did you have that confidence at first as a caregiver? You know, I don't know if at first I did because everything was very, very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go from having a great Valentine's day afternoon to suddenly, you know, four hours later, you're in a hospital where they're telling you your husband has a 3% chance for survival. I being a caregiver was not even anywhere on my radar because I didn't know what the next minute, hour, day, month, year was even going to hold for him. Um, so I can't say that right off the bat, I felt like, Hey, yeah, we got this because Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the future was even going to hold. So, but I do think that, um, through great training and the phenomenal medical staff that we encountered um, throughout our journey, we were always well prepared for whatever the next hurdle was going to be. We knew how we were going to handle it. We had a plan. I think that's key is that we always had a plan and we stuck to the plan and, um, you know, it's veered at times, but uh, we always had an end goal in mind and that's helped handle the caregiving role. Okay. Anita, did you know from the beginning when your mom called you that day, did you know, I got this, this is, we can do this. We're caregivers. We got it in us. I actually did because when I was first, when I first became a nurse, I decided to go to graduate school and get a degree in gerontology, which is caring for older people, because I knew that I was the youngest sibling and that my siblings were older, my parents were older, and that I would be their caregiver. However, that being said, a year into it, I looked at my husband and said, I cannot do this. And he said, yes, we can. Okay, good. All right. And with that, we're out of time this morning. Thank you, ladies, for taking time to share your your very personal stories. I really do appreciate it. Prayers for you guys and your continued journey with what you're doing um, with your caregiving experience. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
And remember, for our comprehensive resource guide for caregivers, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Like us there and you can access our resources for caregivers right there on our Facebook page. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. Until next week, be encouraged. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.